Good morning. We are joined today by Dr. Jennifer Young, President of the Ontario College of Family Physicians. Good morning, Dr. Young. Good morning, Emily. Uh, so you are an advocate for the Canadian program called Choosing Wisely. Could you please give us an overview of this initiative? Yeah, sure. Choosing Wisely Canada is a, is a nationwide campaign that's aimed at both clinicians and the public to have us question uh, interventions that might have less value, interventions in medicine that are tests or procedures or treatments that, um, that we are in the habit of using, but that might have, uh, that might be unnecessary. Um, the reason for questioning them is, of course, doing things unnecessarily costs money in our system that's a public health care system and can also lead to harm. And that harm can be through uh, leading us down a garden path that we don't want to go or, for example, with an unnecessary medication resulting in side effects that if the medication wasn't necessary, you've run the risk of, of having side effects from, from that medication. Similarly, there are uh, treatments, so surgical procedures, for example, that might be deemed un, uh, of less value that, of course, any surgical procedure could, uh, could run a risk of, of causing you harm. And if it doesn't have a good value going into it, one should, uh, one should uh, tread softly where, where that is. So that's really interesting. So is this kind of a real world application of statistics kind of within the medical field? Um, do you think you could elaborate on how statistics influence a physician's choice of test? So, yeah, so the real world, um, real world, real world application of statistics uh, is indeed used in evidence informed medicine. Um, so we talk a lot about evidence-based medicine and studies that show statistical significance. But something can show statistical significance without it really being clinically relevant. And there might be a study that shows a, for example, 2% relative risk of improvement or even a 50% relative risk of improvement. But if that only translates to a two in a thousand or one in a thousand chance of making a difference that isn't really very relevant for that patient. It, and so, so we need to understand and physicians themselves need to understand this difference between relative risk and absolute risk reduction because that's really what matters to patients is the absolute risk reduction of something bad happening or increase of something good happening. And, and many times when, when a drug company or a, or a procedure, when, when, there's a, when there is a desire to, in quote, you know, to sell something, the relative risk reduction is usually more, uh, more convincing than the absolute risk reduction. And we have to ask ourselves about that uh, about what is the cr clinical relevance of what that study might uh, actually show. Wow, so that's actual benefit. That's super interesting. So that uh, pharmaceutical companies often use relative risk instead of uh, clinical relevance. That's super interesting. Um, do you ever encounter challenges in convincing doctors that a reduction in testing could be beneficial? 
I've been part of the development of a course called Practicing Wisely, which is a which is a day-long course for family physicians and 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 it's offered through the Ontario College of Family Physicians. And in that course, we go through the challenges of of reducing unnecessary testing and treatments and there is a there's a whole hour of discussing that that and they are multi there's there's a whole lot of of um, barriers to change and one of them is this feeling that we have that more is better and and our our society believes that and it's hard to tell it's hard to convince society that more medicine isn't actually better because that's kind of the way we've been practicing over the last 50 years of what we call, I'll put air quotes, progress. More is not better. And in fact, more is sometimes resulting in harm. Um, so that it's not just physicians believing that, a, that, a, that, uh, that changing practice patterns is good. It's also that conversation with, with patients who feel that you aren't offering them something that other people have had and so that's not as good medicine. So it's really going back to that initial statement about what choosing wisely is about is that it's a campaign that's aimed at public as well as physicians so that we're both on the same page and having a conversation that that makes sense so that we're doing medicine that makes sense and is actually reflecting what the evidence shows and is and, and is using those principles of informed consent and shared decision-making between the physician and the patient. Well, that sounds really important. And it's good that you guys are opening up this communication. Um, so you, you're doing this through the Ontario uh, College of Family Physicians. So does choosing wisely apply to other medical specialties aside from family medicine? So Choosing Wisely Canada is, uh, has, family medicine is one of the bodies that, one of the um, societies that have created a, a list, and we have a list, now I'll just, I'm just uh, just going to the, the, the list, uh, I haven't counted them up here, but uh, it starts at anesthesia and it ends at vascular surgery, and uh and it started with 10 groups and it's now greater than 50 societies. So including, for example, hematology, uh, hospital medicine, medical genetics, nephrology, orthopedic surgery. So, so all of these specialties have created a list of, uh, of, of uh, 13 things that physicians and patients should question. Oh, interesting. Yep. Now, we have 13 because family medicine is such a broad specialty. There's a lot of things that we do, so we get to have 13. <laughs> but the, uh, the, um, the majority of the, of the societies are, have five things, that four things or five things that physicians and patients should question. And when you go to the website, you can find those recommendations, and, and it's nicely um uh, indexed and and gives uh, gives some patient information as well as the evidence behind those statements of of um, that would be something that we should question. For example, the first one on family medicine is don't do imaging for lower back pain 
unless red flags are present. Mm. So that's the that's the first recommendation. And and then it then a second one is don't use antibiotics for upper, upper respiratory infections that are likely right. viral, etc. So that's the kind of that's the kind of thing. And if everybody applied those two things, we would reduce a whole lot of excess imaging and a lot of excess antibiotics. And that topic in and of itself is a huge one. Yeah, for sure. We all want to get better faster and we think that a pill is going to get us there. When there's a whole lot of stuff, for example, like back pain, it gets better with exercise and time and a common cold gets better with time and there's no medicine, there's no antibiotic that's going to make it better, but we just are impatient. We have a very society and we, we think that technology will get us to where we want to be faster when in fact it, it doesn't often. Yeah. Very good point. We all want the quick fix, but Yes. Not necessarily the best option. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, that was super, super interesting. Thanks very much. And I'm really happy to have the opportunity to talk and, and feel it is probably the one of the most important things that we're doing in medicine right now for oh, a whole good. lot of reasons. One is to change that culture that more is better to one where we need to question the, the risks and benefits of, of these interventions that we have available to us. And, um, and in order to have a sustainable healthcare system that does more good than harm is, is really an, uh, an important goal. So I, I, again, would be more than happy to talk again. I, it's something I'm very passionate about. I'm glad. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Emily.